The entire team at the Emsolation Podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians and cultures of the lands and seas on which we live and work. We pay our respects to all First Nations peoples, elders and ancestors. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. I personally want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I record this podcast every week, the Wurundjeri people. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place I call home. Always was, always will be. M. Luciano. Whose dick is swinging where and what are they hitting? And who's swinging it and who's holding it? And Michael Lucas. I think of a very fat white man being covered in animal fat for some sort of roasting procedure. This is M. Salation. And if we are both ever nominated for Best Actress at the Oscars and then I win, <laughs> you will stand in the audience and scream, oh. He doesn't! He doesn't have, have kids! kids. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a proud and blessed neurodiverse magic brain and podcaster. And together with my best friend since I was 11, screenwriter and podcaster, Mr Michael Lucas, I bring you this very offering every Thursday, soon to be coming to you twice a week, which is exciting. How are you? As you can hear... <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. I'm still, oh, Kavina, she's not letting go. She's become obsessed with me. She won't leave me alone. I'm testing negative, like all that's all gone. But the after effects, the lingering, I still can't breathe properly. And I've been using nasal spray and I was at my pharmacist. Here's a very important PSA for you. I was at my pharmacist and I said, I need more nasal spray. And he was like, Mm, you know, you're supposed to only use that for three days in a row and then you need to have three days off or you get mucus bounce back. What the fuck is mucus bounce back? That sounds horrendous. And basically, if you use nasal spray too much, you can get like all the snot back. It just comes back down with a vengeance. I'm like, oh my God, I've flat out been snorting this stuff like cocaine. Like it it is always with me. I'm always sniffing it. So I'm going to have to wean myself off that, which is why today I'm not sounding great because she hasn't had her bloody rhino caught up at snozzer. Anyway, what I want to just say is my house is so disgusting and messy. Like I keep thinking about if I were to go missing in the next few days and the police turned up to my house, they would also probably feel the need to investigate some kind of robbery because it, has, it looks like it has been ransacked by angry youths. Well, actually, now I come to think of it, it has been ransacked by angry youths. (laughs) My husband included there. It's not good. And I walk around from room to room. Like, I don't even have a clean room I can hide in. Like, sometimes I just shuffle all the crap into one area of the house and then I stand and look at the clean spot and just think, I'm on top of my life. And I went round to my friend Missy Higgins's house. I'll just pick that name up. Yes, I know. I mean, the most unlikely friendships of all time that you can think of, like even more than Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Missy Higgins and I are good friends because she just lives around the corner. And I went round to her house. We have kids the same age. And um, Elio and Luna were playing and I walked in the door and she did the classic, oh, I've just tried to clean up because the house was a mess and I'm sorry there's still crap everywhere. And I said to her, it really makes me feel better that your house is a tiny bit messy. And by the way, her house is beautiful and it wasn't that messy. But there was some mess and as soon as I saw the mess, before she even apologised for it, 
I instantly felt a bit better about the state of my house. And both of us just laughed at how we kill ourselves to clean when someone's coming over and we probably are making that person feel worse about their life by doing the cleaning. And we were all in this vicious cycle. But my mum used to do it. Like if I woke up to aggressive sweeping on a Saturday morning, I knew that there was people coming over for dinner that night and I knew my whole day was gone to cleaning. Because, and then the people would arrive and the house would look like a fucking display home. It would be, I would have, I'd be panting in the corner from all the vacuuming I'd been made to do. And then I would hear my fucking mother say, oh God, sorry, the house is a mess. And I would be like, are you, are you, I missed little apps for this. And if you just announce that I've been cleaning, I polished spoons and you've told them the house. And I didn't understand that that was a weird transactional thing that happens between adults that I now do that I have been cleaning all day. I wish, I'm going to start now, when we have people over, they're going to open the door and I'm going to say, bitches, this house is never looked this clean. It's pristine. I've done it all for you. You better appreciate it. That's what I need to start doing. Anyway, so for those of you who have had COVID and all of my family have had it except Scott, of course. Scott hasn't had COVID. Every other person but Scott, my husband, of course. I mean, I don't even, like, fucking patriarchy. I don't know how. Like, when I get in my car with him, my car recognises his phone first. That's my fucking car. The patriarchy have somehow managed to make sure that if there is a man name, because my phone's called Beyonce, his phone is called Scott. My phone's called Beyonce because when I was on The Masked Singer, they made us change all our phone names because people were figuring out who the other contestants were. So I thought I'd put Beyonce on my phone to freak everyone out because they might think that Beyonce's there. Definitely that would be a possibility. So anyway, when I get into my car with Scott, it always recognises his phone first because of the patriarchy. And somehow the patriarchy is involved in the straight white male in my house not having been sick. Elio hasn't had it yet either. Touch wood. You notice I didn't touch wood about Scott. I better touch wood. Because he's a straight white male as far as we know. Maybe he's not. Well, we'll find out. Anyway, so everyone's had COVID. And the boys are laughing, Ben and Zeke are laughing right now because I said I have nothing to say in the intro. I'm just going to throw to the main chat. <laughs> so we've all had COVID except Scott and Elio, patriarchy, my house, and I don't know how to get on top of it. I don't have the energy. Like normally I can just power through. I can't even power through. I don't have the reserve tanks. So I don't know how to get on top of it. I'm literally going to have to try and get a team in, like the teams they hire after a major crime has been committed. I need the forensic people to come in and do that to my house. I have to, you know, just say, and they're going to call them. I'm going to go, look, I need you to come. Well, what's the crime? I'm just going to say, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what I was just about to say. <laughs> Fuck. Self-editing. The crime, the crime is that. No, again, I can't say that joke. Jesus. Anyway. There will have been no crime. The crime is only that I've been in bed for two weeks of COVID and so has everyone else except because the patriarchy are involved and the men in my family have not. So, like, what do I do? How do I, how do I get this house clean? So just a shout-out to all of you who have had COVID and now have the house in post-COVID chaos because I am with you in the trenches. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. It's so overwhelming. Anyway, that was what I wanted to say in the intro. Coming up, you're going to hear Michael and I discuss my newest obsession on Netflix, Heartstopper. It is just the most glorious thing. I'm smiling now even thinking about it. I I, I just loved it so much. You're going to hear why. Uh, we talk about Elon Musk buying Twitter, of course. There's an election update. Barbara Streisand turned 80. My dad got an iPhone. Everything is kind of mishmashed in there. It was a bit chaotic. I'm on a lot of 
medication at the moment as this podcast is going to show, or maybe you can't tell the difference. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, you're in for a wild ride as always. Thank you for being here. And I'm just going to say it now before, what, who else? What well, I'm going to blame the, on the patriarchy. Oh, I don't know what could be next. All right, here we go. Play the music. M. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Michael Lucas, welcome. We're both in studio. I'm out of bed just. And right off the bat, I just want to say I've spent the weekend watching a life-changing show. I spent... I just... I kept annoying you to watch it. Heartstopper on Netflix. We're going to go straight into it. (laughs) She is glowing. It's either that or the endo. Both. Yeah. Um, I'm on endo because I have spinal injury, just so everyone knows. Not just a recreational hobby. Thank you. Your resets have been really bad lately. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Just casually dropping she's on endo. So Heartstopper is a show that's dropped on Netflix. It dropped on Friday and it's based on Alice Oseman's graphic kind of webcomic novel and they also wrote the script for the series. It's a queer teen rom-com. And, oh, my God. You're in love? You've been transported back? I've cried in every episode and and not because it's sad, because it's just, it's a YA, obviously it's a YA kind of series and the leads are 15 and I'm a 43-year-old mother of three, but it's... You feel so connected to them? I feel so connected <laughs> to them. Transported back. And Charlie Spring is the main character, openly gay kind of nerd, and he forms a friendship with the hot rugby captain, Nick, at their all-boys high school. Charlie has a mate, Tao, he's overly protective film nerd, so obviously, straight away, you and mm-hmm. I grab So many connections. L, trans female student who was at the all-boys school but now... Uh, she's transitioned. She's at the all-girls school, played by trans actress Yasmin Finney, who is fierce on Instagram. You've got to go check out Yasmin Finney on Instagram. She is amazing. And it's just the blossoming of that friendship. If it isn't Charlie Spring, Happy New Year. You're over there. Mr. Nicholas Nelson. Hi. Hi. Nick Nelson. He is the star player on the rugby team. We are a trio of borderline outcasts. He's different. Hey. It's literally just another silly crush. It's not a crush. Hi. 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 Come on. Dream guy. I don't know. Just someone I can have a laugh with. He's the straightest person I have ever seen. Thank you. And it's a queer show starring queer people, made by queer people, for queer people, and... Also with little-known talent, Olivia Coleman. <laughs> Look at you, beautiful people. Thank you so much. Just dropping on in as one of the mums. And a very minor role, you know, very sweet, and there's a moment you haven't got to yet that, and playing the rugby captain's mum, mm. and there's a moment where they have a conversation... I and, know, yeah, uh, yeah, everyone tweets about that one. Yeah, and it's the most beautiful thing and but I love that she agreed to do this because oh, this, me too. this show is a tiny little unknown thing. Exactly. And I just love the thought of Oscar-winning Emmy-nominated Queen Elizabeth Olivia <laughs> Coleman going, oh, bloody do it. <laughs> That's how I imagine the negotiation oh was. Is Olivia Coleman in the room? <laughs> <laughs> is she here? I have watched a lot of Olivia Coleman. Oh, why not? Why wouldn't you? So... I just want to say before we even get into the meat of it that if you have a teenage child, you don't have to watch it with them, but 
I wish this show was around when I was in high school. Or if you were a teenage child, which I'm presuming you were. No, I mean, I think especially it's great for teens to watch with their parents because it's just so, it just normalises all the things we've always known. Mm. And if this show was where a heterosexual cis kind of, Mm. it would be, everyone would be like, oh, this is boring. But for me, it's so fresh because it's Mm. it's so normalising what is actually happening in the lives of teenagers nowadays that I wish was happening for you, for people like you in high school. Yes. So let's get to that. <laughs> and also I want to let you, there's little animated bits, so like just before their hands touch, electricity sparks in animation. and A lot of animated leaves. And you leaves. know what that made me think of? Pocahontas. Because <laughs> every time in Pocahontas they kissed, <laughs> these autumn leaves would swirl around them and it was just like that and I appreciated it. Well, it made it. me think of Frozen 2 because <laughs> yes. there is a character called Gail, who is the wind, mm. and she makes the leaves swirl around every time Elsa wants to go off, every time the voice calls Elsa. So both of us perfect oh, on brand. I'm only three episodes <laughs> in, but I do hope to see a nice water crystal horse <laughs> before it ends. But the animation just adds to the whole, like, it's just the most loveliest, beautiful, charming thing I've watched in such a long time, and all the main cast are going to become massive stars. But I kept thinking of you. Mm. So I want to know... How, how has it made, have you cried? How has it made you feel about your high school experience? Well, it's now the second, in the space of one year, the second gay teen YA romance that I've been obsessed with in, in a very short space of time after Young it's, Royals. It's a bit different to Young Royals, though. It's got more heart than Young Royals. Yeah, it's a lot more affectionate. And yeah. Young Royals was sort of chilly and there was always the threat of, whereas yeah. this is super, super warm. Although it does surprise me how much they do cover homophobia in there. It's still a bit like, sometimes I tell myself, oh, kids these days, it's no, just it's cool to be gay. Around. It's not. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it is pretty, uh, obviously I can't help but think that is clearly not the teenage years that I had. <laughs> <laughs> but does it, does it make you grieve for it? You wish you did have that? Um, in, look, I actually think that my, my lack of action in teenage years wasn't necessarily due to preference. There was a lot of things, just overwhelming nerdiness fed, fed into it a lot. So I can't imagine that I would have been having amazing romances, even if I was uh, in an accepting time where I understood my sexuality. I but yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. Michael Lucas spent the lunch times reading, uh, spent our lunch times reading The Age in the library. That's right. Why? What's wrong with it? <laughs> <laughs> so I now make a television show about journalists, so it all paid off in the end. So but, yeah, I still, obviously, uh, it, it it was somewhat more tra- traumatic to mm. then start dating women in my 20s and then catastrophically <laughs> change course. Not catastrophically. But, um, yeah, I, there's a yearning that's attached to it. That's what I assume. Yes. I feel the same way. I don't know why. I feel a yearning of that. I don't know. I, I It's really emotionally affected me, but also... My kids, all their friends, the way they address bisexuality is I've never seen it done like this. Mm. And the way that one of the characters realises they're bisexual is by seeing Kira Knightley in Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. And I just, I laugh so much at that. I thought of you again. Um, <laughs> and the way it all unfolds and that this character's like, oh, it, it's okay to be both. It, this, mm, I don't mm. have to be one or the other. And so many of my kids' friends are both. And that's one of the biggest changes since we were teens in that I just didn't even see... We even... I remember it being said constantly that 
bisexuality is just a, a phase. bridge. A yeah, phase. yeah, yeah. It didn't, it didn't earn I its said right. it on stage as jokes. And I would have the chilled out. Bisexual bridge. So, exactly. I would have chilled out so, so much yeah. if I knew that it, it, I was able to stay in that space rather than, you know, worry about if I did anything with a guy, then it would confirm that I'm gay and there was no way that I could go back and forth or anything like that. Yeah. The game has changed. Thank the game God. has changed. And this, this, this character felt the same way, that if they did anything with their gender, that that was it, you know? Mm. And there was a lot of research, am I gay, mm. that this character is doing quizzes, BuzzFeed things. Oh, we've all done them. Yeah, and and then when this character sees, oh, I, it's not an, an, it's not an either or. Yeah. You just see the absolute relief. Yeah. And then I hope that there are a lot of teens watching, mm. realising, oh, okay. Mm. And, the yeah, the, the whole show is just... <laughs> and it does feel electric because, I mean... You know, don't get me wrong, I'm all for heterosexual romance. It's great, it looks great. I've had some good times there myself. It's not, but no, 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 it's not. <laughs> it's not. Although it's cracked up to but me. The, but because of it, it's Like terrible. literally last night my husband was building his shed at 5.30pm instead of cooking the dinner and then took himself off to Pilates. So, like... You're not missing out on much in terms of the heterosexual. No. We were nestled up watching Barbara Streisand tribute clips, so there's no question which yes, relationship so you'd rather be correct. in. Correct. You, yeah. you've, you've won relationship lottery out of... I mean, look, you're, the queer community have obviously had a lot more trauma than the straight community, and like, I'm not, but I'm just saying... Last night you were watching Barbara and I was dealing with all of my autistic issues with a fucking power drill out front of the window I was trying to lie down in. So, Making a shed in the dark. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. But and, I, and obviously, I digress. Yes. Sorry, I just needed an excuse to take a shot at Scott and I've had my moment, so please continue. Well, and obviously I'm, you know, gay shame and the legacies yeah. of homophobia are all terrible, terrible, terrible. One silver lining, <laughs> that when you take the risk and kiss someone, it is so so, so electric. Like, you can't even... Because, you know, it, it involves so much questioning and there is a certain amount of risk and, and the show still caught that for me. In fact, all these shows that do this too, like, there is just nothing like So the moment you it. first kissed a man, because yeah. you've done a lot of women, <laughs> and then... Well, you, you, it's you, true. You did a lot yes. of women. You yep. slept with more women yes. than I've slept yep. with men. Does that, okay, does that yeah, comparison? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you've had more heterosexual sex <laughs> yes. than I have with more it's partners. <laughs> you've practically had more sex. No, that's not true, actually. <laughs> Pretty much. Anyway. So, yeah, so the moment you kissed a man, Take yeah. yourself back. Unless, I mean, there, I could, there weren't actually animated sparkles, but there might as well have been. Well, that, and that's yeah. what the show does. But did you have that moment of, oh. This is what it's supposed to be. Right. This is what all the songs are about. Oh. Yeah. So I you only had that. that. Because it was fun before that. Like, it was all fun. When you were kissing the ladies. And that's why I, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It was good. It was nice. It was, it was okay. Oh, but, And you, think you didn't realise there was a level up. That's right. That's right. There was a level, there were currents of electricity that I had not tapped into yet. And so it was pretty exciting to suddenly discover that and be like, it was like having a drug. Oh, really? Yeah, it was wild. This is so great. Oh, my God, I'm so happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it was a long time ago. We weren't in touch when you had your first gay kiss. That's true. Yeah. So now I'm, like, getting to do the whole, oh, my God, what was it like? Tell me everything. Yeah, and that (laughs) is something that happens in this show, all of the response to it and everything. So Heartstopper, Netflix, obviously cannot recommend it enough. It is just glorious and you will walk away feeling just reborn and renewed and watch it with your teenage kids if you can stomach everything, if, if you've got an open, like, 
my kids and I can watch it together. It's fine. But my mm. kids and I watch 365 Day and Night together. So That's right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the litmus test, but I highly <laughs> recommend it. Okay, right. Moving on. Let's talk about Harry Styles. We are slowly evolving into a Harry Styles fan <laughs> podcast, and, and I don't think anyone minds. It's fine. Obviously, weekend two of Coachella occurred. I didn't. I was quite unwell over the weekend, and I didn't. I didn't have enough energy to take it in. I did see that Lizzo took to the stage. There she were rumours at some point it was going to be Miley and Lizzo. Whoa. We, you know, if you and I short circuited over that, mm. but Lizzo was, uh, appeared on stage. They did. I will survive, and then that's what makes you beautiful. Yeah. And it was great. I don't know. I just didn't. I wanted more. Mm. I don't know if I've built the two of them up to more, but it just felt a bit like two sing friends singing karaoke. Yeah, it did a little bit. I mean, which I still absolutely welcome. Oh, no, we loved welcomed. it. I mean, it was and funny, I did yeah, props for her covering a One Direction song. Mm. I thought that was a pretty fun, classy move. <laughs> but, yeah, there was something a bit Hen's Night about I Will Survive, but, you know, I'm not above it. <laughs> I wonder why they didn't do her one of her songs. I'm intrigued. I'm surprised yeah. that she agreed to that platform without... Yeah, because and Shania got... And who picked I Will Survive and why? It's it's not the the generation they're playing to. Like my kids only know that song because I am a gay man. Otherwise, I don't know that they would be really. But it is one of the most appealing things about him yes. is that he seems very in contact with all these different eras with of middle-aged music. women and what they want. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, uh, we were talking about I could not be trusted with tickets. Mm. It was not to be. It was not to be fooled upon me. And then Thursday, just before the tickets went on sale, my PA, a wonderful Gemma, texted me do you want Harry Styles tickets? And I dropped my phone. I was like, <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, Chella, Chella, Odie. And they all come and said, and she's like, I can get a maximum of 10 tickets. I said, take them. I'll take all 10. Mm. I'll take all 10. Gemma also booked us parking. Oh, my God. I know. So we're behind the mosh pit. I said, I can't be standing. There's to be no mosh. No, of course. I can't. I, there must be a seat. Mm. So we're, we're one row behind the mosh. Mm. So we'll be able to see him. Mm-hmm. We're going with a bunch of teenage girls and me Perfect. and you and Adrian. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's the ultimate night out. I was shocked at how much everything got snapped up and my Twitter feed was filled with the wailing of people who hesitated for 15 minutes and didn't get any. Yeah, I know. So, but don't worry. I mean, obviously we have a long time to build up to this show. (coughs) So it's going to be fine. But I know that you introduced your mother. Mm. (laughs) Please. I was just intrigued sociologically to see whether a woman who's close to 80 was going to see the appeal. So I really, I was quite rigorous about it. Okay. I went back. Back to Where did you start? X, first X Factor audition. Whoa! I work in a bakery. All right, what are you going to sing? I'll do Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder. Isn't she lovely? Yeah. You went back to X Factor? Yeah, I'm Harry. I work part-time in the bakery. That's what. That's where I went oh to. Oh, my God. Is, <laughs> is it Olivia Coleman? Is Harry? Is Harry here? <laughs> if only. <laughs> yes, continue. So you took her back there? Oh, yeah, totally. She was completely charmed from the get-go. The relationship with the mother really ticked a lot of boxes for her. And is it true? Did you throw up there? Uh, I did throw up there, yeah. (laughs) Um, I think my mum put that sign up. She loved the mother. She's been like, oh, the mother is very, very young, as she she was very, very young. What is the situation? The single mother? Yeah, because he kept going on how Shania Twain reminded him of Mm. listening to Shania with his mum in the car. Love that. Thought he was very well raised. She could tell that right from the start. She was right on board. Like, there was one X Factor judge that was basically umming and ahhing, and Mm. mum was sitting there clutching her gin and tonic, going, oh, they're an idiot! (laughs) 
<laughs> and so then, yeah. then we did a little trip through the One Direction era, not too much because yeah. I'm not that nah. au fait with it. Nah. That would have been I, super weird if you had got into One Direction because you were in your 20s at that point. That's right, yep. that's right. I, I landed her hard in Sign of the Times, which she really enjoyed. Ooh, nice yes, choice. nice soaring melody, soaring mm-hmm. melody. And then, very Beatles, very Beatles-esque. Good, exactly good, right. Yeah, perfect. And then, and then we went into the acoustic sort of more of the fine line territory and she kept on saying, you know what I like about him? What I like about him is he seems so happy to be there. <laughs> but you know what she didn't like about him? She was betrayed. What? The tattoos. Oh, she was. But I I'm saw. covered in them. Well, I don't know. Has she, she never commented on my tattoos. She just, she's not a tattoo person. Oh. I, w- I wouldn't say it's the feature of yours that she loves the most. Really? She just sort of, she felt like he was such a beautiful little boy. He was elfin. And then he got covered with those tattoos like a bikey. But so that knocked her down. Oh, no, Harry let her down. But then all he had to do was show kindness to Stevie Nicks. She is everything you have ever wanted in a lady, in a lover and in a friend. Stephanie Nicks, I love you. We all do. And that is true, Stevie. Please join me in welcoming to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the second time, Stevie Nicks. She was back on board. Oh. Back on board. So you went to Stevie Nicks. Oh, I went to Stevie Nicks. Perfect. Yeah, she loved that. Yeah. She loved the respect that he showed. Oh my god! <laughs> and then we crescendoed with Shania, and of course she respected that. She did think Shania looked a bit overexcited at some times, <laughs> <laughs> like, and very, very conscious of not tripping on the steps when she's coming well, down. Of course, but um, Shania's age onto a hip. Oh, she's already I had th- a tragic life. I think it was more. I think she. I, she seems very, very fit. I. I, I think it would be more. She was just very excited, and you do not want to take a tumble with that many cameras. It's true. On it. It's true. But um, overall, it conclusively proved that his appeal cuts through <laughs> even to the boomers. In fact, alarmingly so. She was sitting there, like, in silence for such a time. You'd hear his acoustic strumming and then you'd hear my mum just squish her gin and tonic in the little clinking of the ice as she took in more and more Harry Styles. She didn't want to stop. I would buy an album. I would give it to her. Really? Yeah, she was that in. Should we perhaps find a spare ticket? Because I feel like I might have one. Mm. Should we bring Joe no, to Harry? Too much. No, too she much. won't do it. She too won't much. do it. She won't do it. And I said to her at the end, I go, what I love about him is it feels like he's like the human antidote to toxic masculinity. And she was like, yes. And then a pause happened and she goes, what is toxic masculinity? <laughs> I'm like, you've been living it your whole life. Our you know parents, it. I love it. My dad, someone needs to alert Apple. So your mum's been doing Harry Styles. Someone needs to alert Apple that they can shut now because they finally landed the last person on earth who didn't believe in Apple's products. My father got his oh. first iPhone over the weekend. <gasps> We need to resurrect Steve Jobs and high-five him. Go, because, you got there. Because you, <laughs> you died not knowing what he, Vince's status was. He's refused the, his whole, I'm never buying an Apple. They're crooks. They change their charges. Really? I will never, and he's had these terrible iPhones. The brand is called Dodgy and it comes from China. And he imports his phones in. <laughs> And every time I always get these weird messages from him that I can't understand. Like, it's, it's so annoying. Everyone else is on iPhone. And, and his phone has a mind of its own and he strips them out. He, like, he, he oh. reconfigures them. Oh, my God. So he, he texts he me and he goes, I'm texting you from an iPhone. I was like, oh. what? Someone needs to call Apple. It's done. We're Apple. over. You've got him. You've done it. You've won him. And then I got there this morning to drop Elio off and he goes, God, these iPhones, I can make the text bigger. Oh my god! Oh my god! I love that he's been importing a knockoff from China as a matter of principle. As principle, as <laughs> as a personal protest to what Apple are doing to everybody. But it's an iPhone. I'm sure it was deeply felt uh, right uh, to the headquarters. Silicon Valley were quaking in their boots over Vinci. But it's an iPhone six. <laughs> hmm. 
Of course. <laughs> that he re-stripped. Okay. And, um, he's, he took all the battery out and he's rewired the Apple phone. So it's still got a little bit of flavouring of Vincey in it. Don't worry yeah, about that. Yeah. He's like, I've got my golf app. Look, it tells me how far I've walked. I can tune my guitar. And I'm like, Dad, why is this screen shaking? He goes, oh, I opened it up. I had to make a few modifications. <laughs> oh, man, there's no turning back. There's no turning <laughs> but back. But he's got a six. So, you know, like, what what could my dad be doing? Who knows? <laughs> so both of our parents over the weekend have just really launched into this 2022. They've hit the 21st century. It's beautiful. (laughs) All right, we're going to go away. Obviously, we cannot get through an episode of Emsolation without just briefly touching on the election. That's next. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is is Emsolation. Okay, so campaign 2022. Who do you feel is in front at this point in time? Elbow. Mm. Mm. He won the... Really, relatively unwatched debate on Sky News in Queensland, which is wild that he won that. Unwatched, but also surprising, I would say, just in the sense of like when I heard about it's a Sky News debate, I thought, what? I mean, he's just going to go on there and there'll be Peter Credlin mm. and Andrew Bolton, everyone taking pot shots at him. But, and it pains me to say this. It was all fair. And in his credit work, it really was fair. All the questions were like they were literally written by Labor's PR department. Well, it was undecided voters. And so they're not sitting there grilling them on ideological issues, like bullshit stuff like about trans women in sport. Yeah. Exactly. It was all, it was all bread and butter stuff that actually affects people. And and it really played well to him and he handled it well. He had one little trip up that he corrected, unlike ScoMo. The boats were, what was it, something where he's. He got his stance on the policy wrong at the time. But then he drew. During the debate, he corrected. And also he just sort of seemed warm, switched yeah. on. Yeah. How you wanted to Could have to been think. the COVID that was coursing through his That's veins right. at that time. That's but right. Not dissimilar to you, actually, yes. in our lives spectacular. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it's, we, the same thing happened the very next day. Exactly the same Scoma thing. had, obviously, I've already made a comment on it when a woman mm. asked him, a mother of an autistic child asked about, you know, the NDIS and how hard it is mm. to navigate. And I am currently navigating the NDIS and it is the legend of Zelda. Like, it literally is... It is so hard and you have to coordinate so many meetings and I'm a neurodiverse person trying to do this. And it, Elio's just been diagnosed with autism and when I heard his comments as a mother, as an autistic person who's also a mother of an autistic person, I texted you and I just said, I've, I've, this is the first time I think it's broken my kind of impenetrable Fuck off, it's ScoMo, I don't care what he says. Like, it's ScoMo, mm. sure, whatever, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah. This, because it involved Elio, the glorious, most beautiful Elio, mm. it got me. Mm. And him saying... Jenny and I have been blessed. We've got two children that don't, haven't had to go through that. And so for parents with children who are disabled, I can only try and understand. Now, he's saying that it's been spun and it, it's lefties trying to put things in his mouth and that's not what he meant. He did apologise, though. He did apologise. He had to do two days of apologies. Yes, but I feel like that's the one thing perhaps that he can't dog wolf dog whistle his way out of. Like, he's very much trying to appeal to the the right. He's Mm. given up on the mid-liberals. He's given Mm. up on any centrists in the Liberal Mm. Party. He's really going in hard for those people. He's also really campaigning hard in rural areas, mm. in, you know, in seats that Labor have held in the past but may have more conservative viewpoints now to Labor. So it's interesting to see. Someone compared it to what Boris Johnson did to get elected, so it's interesting uh. to see if it, if it pays off for him. I, I don't know. But Albo does appear, but I don't believe opinion polls either. Like, I don't... No, I know. I don't know. And interestingly, both of them have said we will not negotiate with independents. <laughs> and I call bullshit on both. I mean, yeah, you, you have to. It's like, if it were me, and 
said to you before, <laughs> if I were Elbo, I would call a press conference and say, I will negotiate with your mother if it gets me to fill <laughs> Here is my home address. The second the election is over, if it's a hung party, come for tea. I'll cook you all dinner. We'll have steak. I will negotiate with any person who wants to negotiate with me. Bring it on. Mm. I don't understand why they're both dying on this hill. Well, are they saying, are they trying to say, because it's so likely that we will end up in a hug parliament, yeah. I won't negotiate with them, like I'll form a government with them, but they just have to be okay with my policies. Is that what, is that what they're saying? I don't understand mm. because the reality is if they both dig their heels in and refuse, we have to go back to the polls. <laughs> yeah, no I, one wants that. <laughs> no one wants I can't, that. I can't believe we're still so many weeks away. I know. So that's been the wildest thing for me is this, this we're not going to negotiate with any independents. And this, all the independents are like, okay, fuck it, let's see what happens. Mm, Shot mm. guys. They're all going to be standing there tapping their foot with their arms crossed mm. come election day. Mm. And, I, I mean, I still don't know. I still don't know what's going to happen. Do you think the COVID has helped or hurt Elbow or neutral? Neutral. Neutral. I, I'm actually going to go so far as to say helped because... A, you can't help but be sympathetic towards someone if they get COVID. Especially I'm, when you've just had it. Like, if he had anything like I had, man. Yeah, I don't, it looks like he seems okay, okay. but of course he seems yeah. that way. Um, but also, I've, I must admit, I've liked seeing Penny and Tanya have to come out. Like, they, they're not afraid to cut someone down on the project. <laughs> and I want Penny to debate ScoMo. Oh, oh, that imagine would just it would be. be so good. I think about that more than I should. Mm, like, mm. I like I role play that in my mind so much. <laughs> she would. It would be. It would be a glorious thing. I've enjoyed that too. I don't think it's mm. hurt him at all. I no. think Yeah, I think it's been. There's depth to his team. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm not, like, ScoMo has to deal with Dutton going out, trying to, like, sell his wares to support the coalition. And then the woman from um, Warringah having uh, to be bundled into parties like she's Taylor Swift in the back of a car with security. <laughs> oh, Apologies to Taylor Swift. Apologies. Okay. All right, so I'm still calling hung parliament. Like, I still think it's going to be, mm, and mm. They're gonna, there's going to be some serious negotiations, and I don't, I don't know. But I feel in terms of, I don't, but maybe because I'm in that bubble, elbow's slightly leading, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think so too. Okay. Either way, we'll be drinking a lot and watching it together. <laughs> and I worry, though, it's weird because we have watched elections go not the way we wanted so many Never times. Never forget that it, there's a part Never forget Abbott. Yeah, you I know, and I exactly. remember we had to have gay times, like, oh, all so upset. We were starting the night with fun jokes about which uh, which politician relates to which Lion King character and then by the end of the notes, yeah, you, desperately I, munching gay times. But I had called that he was going to win that election to you. You had, you had. Before. Nonetheless, and I, your parents have a lovely lounge room that will forever <laughs> resonate with the feeling that I felt sitting on that couch, yeah. hunched. Eating a golden gay time. Mm. Where, what, what location are we going to? You should come to mine because we're in the forest, so if things go really bad, <laughs> you and I can go out and be at one with nature. If it all goes a bit tomorrow <laughs> when the war began. Before you go, Elon Musk has bought Twitter. You just destroyed Twitter. Curse that Elon Musk. In what, I mean, I'm going to let you lead this because I haven't taken much of it in because I've been in bed, but from what I can gather in a very teenage girl move... Well, we're all still speculating as to his <laughs> motivations, but yes, there are some, let's just say some adolescent impulses. If one does want to say by Twitter, how much does one pay? $61.1 billion. What? I think that's in Australian dollars. I think it's less than that in American dollars, but yeah, yeah. I know, it, it's wild. And so... The first thing to say is that this isn't necessarily a smart business move for him because there's a lot of analysts saying that him taking on that much 
it's unlikely that he's going to be seeing profit. So they're not... Does Twitter even... Doesn't, does Twitter operate in profit? It only has just, but it's... I think the thing with Twitter is that the feeling is potentially that it's it's sort of hit market maturity, like the notion that Twitter is going to keep growing. Because all these web services or web companies, like everything from Facebook to Twitter and everything like that, they all, it's all about growth, 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 growth. And at a certain time, as Netflix has just seen, yes. you hit a point where you've actually grown as far as you're going to grow. There's and no th- more people left. And I think, yeah, exactly. And I think people are questioning whether Twitter has had its watershed. So it's a funny old time to come on in with 61.1. But what it gives him is that he takes it over. He has the controlling stake in it. Do you it. think he's going to sit at night and, like, Twitter search his name? And just zap anyone that's. Oh, I think he's already. He certainly is already doing that. I've already. The level of petty, like, part of me respects it. Like, (laughs) like, I don't condone it, but I kind of like. That is. Wild, because I did read a little thing where an influ- an Instagram influencer said something bad about him online, and mm. Elon personally cancelled his Tesla order. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> one car. Yeah. One Tesla. Yeah. He saw it, found it. I don't even knew. Looked up the name, got someone to find that person in the system, and mm. refund them their money. Mm. Can you imagine? I know. Well. And also people I've noticed are tweeting about him and they're using, like, instead of using the vowels in the yeah. in the land, they're using, like, asterisks and stuff so he can't find himself. Are you joking? No. And just imagine <laughs> him hunched over at night like Monty Burns watching Springfield, just, like, looking for any mention of himself. I'm going to have Elon Musk killed. Totally. And, and then he's like, fuck it, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> well, right-wing people celebrated because he's been critical of Twitter's censorship, as he puts it, and so they're all assuming... Well, he'll let Trump come back on. Maybe I don't know. I don't know whether Are you that will me happen. Trump's platform, whatever it's called, is it <laughs> is a disaster? It's yeah, not like it. exactly. What is it called? I can't what's, remember. What's Trump's platform called? I don't know. But there's all sorts of right-wing things like Parler and everything, but it's interesting. Oh, yeah. They don't work those things because the point of being right-wing on Twitter is that you can frustrate and attack left-wing people, and if you're just on a platform with nothing but right-wing people, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, you're just going to sit there be friendly? Boring. Singing yeah. Kumbaya, <laughs> we hate all non-white people, let's just be happy. Great racist comment, Barry. Yeah. Thanks, George. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, retweet. You, exactly. You want to piss people off and you can't yeah. do it no, if you're pitching to the agree. choir. Yeah. So... Like, there's that indication that maybe he would allow people to go back on and he'd remove some of the restrictions because he said it's all about free speech. But then again, he's also said that he wants to make a move potentially and make it so that you have to be authenticated. You can't be... You can't just be an egg account. Which oh. So that would limit, like, the amount of uh, torrents of abuse you could put out there because you'd have to have your name to it. Oh. Or, and so it's all very unclear what it's going to mean for Twitter. People are certainly freaking out. Myself among them. Like I, 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 and also... What he could have done with that money. Oh, well, and there was an infamous time which has been quoted a lot where he went to the United Nations and said, if you can explain to me how you would use $6 billion to end world hunger, if you can give me a detailed plan, then I might give you that $6 billion. And so the UN... They called this homework. They they went and did, did a PowerPoint a, exactly detailed plan. Submitted it to him, and he declined to approve the plan. So that but was six billion. Yeah, 60. so ten times that much. Yes, I oh, know. No, because he's pissed off. People are being mean to him. There is so much you could do. That I mean, you could do. Yeah, really. Wow. I know. Wow. It's also a bit freaky because all of these billionaires between Zuckerberg, um, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. And him, it's just freaky how many vengeful m- white straight nerds they are, and they're buying up all our modes of communication. Yeah. Like Bezos has the 
Washington Post and mm. and Zuckerberg obviously has all of Facebook and all of Instagram. Well, obviously and, and, Murdoch, the king of it, yes. Yeah, exactly. And and it just sort of feels like increasingly a very small group of white male former nerd tech billionaires sure. are basically owning all our means of communication. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which they it's not to... hard to see how that could go wrong. <laughs> what do you mean? I feel wonderful about all of that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for the Elon Musk update. Oh, and Barbara Streisand turned 80. She did. Blessed be the mother. Blessed be, yeah. <laughs> Commemorations all around the world. We love you so much. <laughs> the greatest diva. She looks amazing. She rocked it in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Teens, whatever you would call the last decade. If she can get a number one album in this decade, she will have had a number one album in all of those decades, which is absolutely wild. Plus, she's an Oscar-winning actress. She's an she's a egot. She's an egot. I mean, that's what you need to know. What's your like? If if you someone had a, like a, a knife to your throat and you had to say, and they're like, "What's your favorite Barbara Streisand?" Would be the campus hold up. What's your favorite Barbara Streisand <laughs> song? Hi, gay. Like, what would you say? I mean, I, our favorite Barbara Streisand is your favorite Barbara Streisand moment. Uh, we got the same one because you know mine. We talked about it on the weekend. Yeah, she's on Oprah. Yeah, she's got a. She's singing a song to her dead dog Daisy, mm-hmm. holding the reincarnated dog she used with Daisy's DNA. That's right. Right. The dog's off white. Yeah. The jumper she's wearing is off white. Yeah. Side note, but her hair is so immaculately shiny and straight and you just can't even believe it. Now it's freshly done. Exactly. She's sitting on a seat with a large screen behind her with the dead dog. Yeah. yeah. And Oprah looks at her and says, I own this studio and I've never seen a white mic. And then Barbara responds, it's actually off-white to match my off-white sweater. And then Oprah processes and is like... Okay, so you had the mic more. sprayed. <laughs> and Barbara just says... That's right. No, apologies. <laughs> it's incredible. Who goes into Oprah? And redecorates, but she did. Respect. And also all of that. Just to, to match make sure. the dog and the jumper. Mm. Like she she literally wanted to match her dog. Yeah. I mean. But, okay. Favourite song. Okay. Uh, gayest you've... told up of all time. What's your favourite Barbara song? My favourite Barbara. And this. I'm and you have to sing it. Prized at how gay I'm going with this. Please. You've like, really? It's There's another level? It's her disco duet with Donna Summer, Enough is Enough. So it's, do you That's know, your f- it's my favourite. I loved fa- it. As a child, I loved it. I loved how it started, as it started sort of soft and belly. It's the, raining. It's the song I sing to Elio in the boring. bar. Yeah. And then the disco bit comes in and she's like, enough oh. is enough, is enough. I can't go on, I can't go on much longer. I loved it. I loved it. Hi, gay. That's your favourite one. I know. I mean, it's tight competition, obviously, but ultimately... Like you, I love her cover of Happy Days Are Here Again. Oh, it's magic. It's magic. Sing some of that. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Sing, Professional singer. Sing some of that. I've oh. got COVID. Okay. Um, she's, well, it's I don't all have about, COVID. I don't have it's COVID. It's all about the beautiful. She's, she's slowed it down and she's made it all almost bluesy and lackadaisical and it's all very happy days are here again. The skies above are clear again. So shut up! I can see she's trying to like she's no, trying to do a relaxing. So let's sing a song of cheer again. Happy days are here again. She also it's duetted like, it with Judy Garland. Like, oh my god! Is, is that is Barbara here? That's right. Did someone get did someone get Barbara? <laughs> Isabel. She never had any singing training. No, never. Famously, what's her favorite film? What? Your favorite film of hers? Uh, Funny Girl. Fair enough. What's yours? What's up, Doc? Really? Not even musical, I know. I just think she's 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 hilarious in that film and really hot. She's a peacock. 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 Funny girl for me is just quintessential. Like, 
it would feel oh. wrong not to say that, you know? Like Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we did get more homosexual. Try in ticket holding friend of Dorothy, know what I'm saying? There was another <laughs> level. All right, uh, that's all from us. We'll chat, obviously, in a week's time. Who knows what could have happened by then. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. This is Emsolation. Okay, that's it. I'm just going to, I mean, you've noticed, I'm just going to try and make Michael sing as much as I can in every episode. I love it so much. It brings me so much joy because he just gets, he says, no, 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 I can't, I can't. And then all of a sudden he's halfway through a, a stunning line of a Barbra Streisand song. I want to remind my Adelaide, uh, Sydney, we are sold out. I'm going on tour in May very soon. I'm opening on May 17th to a sold out show at the QPAC. Um, Brisbane, I'm so excited to see you. Then we head to Sydney's sold out show at Luna Park. Then we head to Adelaide. You'll notice I'm not saying sold out show. Now listen to me, Adelaide, and listen well. My daughter has designed a tour T-shirt and the only town on the back of it that... And I'm making them hold off on printing it because I want the, the shows to all be sold out with a neat pink line through the date and to, to, have, to say sold out. And I can't do that yet. You're letting Odette down. You're letting a 15-year-old down. That's what I want to say. So get your tickets. There's not that many left. I don't need many of you to get on board. Therby Theatre, May 27th. Come and see me live. It's been two and a half years since I've been able to come to you. Who knows how long it will be. Till the next time. I don't know. I'm very tired. <laughs> anyway, come and see me do Live and Unleashed Adelaide. You're the only town left. Everyone else, gold star, sold me out. I love you so much. I'm sold out show before you get there is just, I can sleep at night, you know? Good. All right, following us on sh- socials, as always, at Installation Podcast on Instagram. Get the newsletter that goes out each week. All our recommendations are there. You can sign up at Instagram. And I think that's all the things you need to do to prove your love to us. Until next week, who the fuck knows what's going to happen by then? I don't know. Maybe my father will have upgraded to an iPhone 7. He's very excited. He figured out that he can get all his apps across and he can enlarge the text. So, God, the sky's the limit for Vince Rossiano now. Have a great week, gang. Uh, We'll chat soon. Hopefully the next time you hear me, I'm not sounding like this. I apologise again. It's, it's It's not a great look, but, you know. It's not what I can do. It's not what I can do. Bye, guys. m with M. Rossiano is a Spotify-exclusive podcast recorded at Down the Hill Studios, hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas, executive produced by Benjamin Wosley, produced by M. Rossiano, edited by Ezekiel Fenn at Entente Music, with videos by James Henderson, socials by Marcella Rossiano-Barrow, with assistance from Jem M. Evans and Georgia Watts, plus occasional off-the-shelf installs and flat-pack wrangling from M's dad, Vincy. Get more Emsolation by following us on Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Join other Emsolators of the Emsolation Group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. And please take the time to share this podcast with a friend and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app by hitting the follow button. Thanks again for taking time out to listen to this week's episode and we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Listener.